back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins, each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Tuesday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's coordinator day, as we're going to hear from Chan Gailey, Josh Boyer, Danny Crossman, and the Miami defensive assistants after that swarming performance on Sunday in San Francisco. We'll also get you caught up on Miami standing by the numbers, and we'll take an in-depth dive into the All-22 from that game. All of that and more on this Tuesday, October the 13th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins and support for drive time comes from AutoNation. There are so many reasons to drive pink, but for AutoNation, there's only one. To finish the fight against cancer. In fact, AutoNation has helped raise over $25 million to drive out cancer. To join the fight now, visit the AutoNation store near you or drivepink.com. We have plenty to come on today's show. Let's go ahead and jump right now into the rankings for your Miami Dolphins after that 43-17 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. And we have the piece up on MiamiDolphins.com, the inside the numbers, taking a look at snap counts, PFF grades and statistics and advanced metrics and the rankings there. But we're going to go ahead and account for the Monday night game last night and what a game it was between the Saints and Chargers into overtime back and forth affair. We got two really good primetime games this week with Seattle and Minnesota. Prior to that, all of that, the cherry on top of a big Dolphins victory. And with that victory, the Dolphins 27.2 points per game now ranked tied for 12th in the National Football League. As far as total offense with total yards, Dolphins rank 20th with 364.8 yards per game. The passing game ranks 16th with 260.6 yards per game. And you go ahead and factor in two games where Miami basically had, you know, not much going in the passing game. The opener in New England and the Jacksonville game, just because it was so efficient and so quick that Fitzpatrick didn't put up big gaudy yardage numbers, really tells you how good he was throwing the ball down the field vertically and stacking up yards in the other three contests. The rushing offense for the Miami Dolphins averages 104.2 yards per game. That is 21st in the National Football League. And on third down, the Dolphins offense is 14th, converting 44.3% of their third down attempts. On the other side of the football, the Dolphins defense ranks 9th in the NFL, allowing just 22.6 points per game. And Miami's total defense ranks 17th in the NFL, allowing 379.6 yards per game. And the passing defense ranks 21st with 253.6 yards per game. The rushing defense is 20th in the NFL with 126 yards allowed per game. The sacks for the Miami Dolphins so far this season, we've got 14 of those. And that is tied for 7th in the National Football League. And the takeaways for the Dolphins, they've got 8 of them. And that's tied for 6th in the NFL. And speaking of sacks, one stat we glossed over there on the offensive side, the Dolphins offense has allowed just eight sacks on the season. That is tied for 10th in the National Football League. The snap counts in this game, we had Ryan Fitzpatrick and the offensive line go the distance with 67 snaps, 100% of the snaps. Adam Pankey also played 18 snaps on the O-line, and Julian Davenport played two in the game. At running back, Miles Gaskin had 46, Matt Breida had 21, Patrick Laird played 10 snaps, and Chandler Cox had 23 snaps in the game. Wide receivers, Devontae Parker, 53, Preston Williams, 40, Isaiah Ford, 24, Jakeem Grant, 14, Mac Collins and Lynn Bowden both had 10 each. Adam Shaheen played 38 snaps, and Mike Gassett 
Kosick. He had 30 in the game. Defensively, Zach Sealer led all Dolphins defensive linemen with 44 snaps. Christian Wilkins played 37. Devon Godshaw, 26. Raekwon Davis, 11. At defensive end, Emmanuel Ogba played 43. And Tyson Render played 8 in the game. At linebacker, Jerome Baker played 63 snaps. Kyle Van Noy played 56 snaps. Andrew Van Ginkle had 46, a season high for him. Kamu Gruje Hill played 37. And Yolandon Roberts played 30 in the game. And Sam McGuavin got on the field for 8 snaps as well. In the secondary, Byron Jones played 50. 56, Xavier Howard, 54, Nick Needham, 33, Jamal Perry, 13, Noah Ignogany, 10 snaps in the game for the rookie, and at safety, Bobby McCain played 56, Eric Rowe, 55, Kayvon Frazier, and Brandon Jones both played nine snaps each in the Dolphins' 43-17 win. And Ryan Fitzpatrick's 84.8 total QBR is fifth best in the National Football League, and it really didn't matter what the 49ers defense did against him because he was efficient, under pressure, without pressure, throwing to the deep part of the field. Five for six for 199 yards and two touchdowns on throws over 20 yards. He was 17 of 19 for 289 yards and two touchdowns without pressure, under pressure, five of nine with 61 yards and a touchdown. So all those stats through pro football focus, he was dominant throughout the game. Miles Gaskin had the first 20-yard run of the season, a 21-yard gallop for Miami. We'll talk about that in the uh, film session of this podcast. He had 3.6 yards per carry, but Matt Breida led the way with 2.56 average yards after initial contact per PFF. Mike Kosicki caught five of his six targets, and all of those came against a different defender. He got work against two safeties, two linebackers, and a cornerback there for the 49ers, and his 15.6 yards per reception is second among all NFL tight ends so far in the NFL. Preston Williams is sixth in the NFL in yards per catch at 19.5, minimum 10 receptions. He caught four of five targets for 106 yards. That's good for 21.2 yards per target in the game. And Devontae Parker had just three targets, but he put up 50 yards on those targets with a touchdown. He has an average of 16.7 yards per target in the game. And the Dolphins offensive line allowed just seven pressures on Fitzpatrick, and he was hit only three times in the entire game. Some defensive stats on the other side of the football. Xavier Howard earned PFF's highest grade on defense. He was targeted four times in coverage, did not allow a catch, had an interception, and broke up another. His counterpart, Byron Jones, targeted three times for just one catch and 20 yards in the game. In total, seven targets for 20 yards on the Dolphins' two starting cornerbacks, an average of 2.86 yards per target. Jerome Baker was all over the field and all over the stat sheet as well. He made eight tackles, four of those for run stops within two yards of the line of scrimmage. He had two quarterback pressures, including a sack, and allowed just 19 receiving yards on five targets. And Andrew Van Ginkle, also at linebacker, two pressures, a sack, Six tackles, five of those for run stops, a forced fumble, and Kamu Gruje-Hill had two quarterback pressures on nine pass rush reps as well. And then Zach Sealer, Emmanuel Ogba, Elandon Roberts all had three pressures each for Miami. That led the way, and they also all picked up a sack on the Niners quarterbacks. And safety Eric Rowe continues his masterful work in coverage. He allowed just two receptions on six targets in this game for 31 yards, including just one for 12 yards going up against George Kittle, and that included two pass breakups and Bobby McKinney. Kane, fellow safety back there, did not allow a completion and intercepted a pass in addition to three tackles with no misses in the game. Plenty of good performances for your Miami Dolphins throughout the course of this contest. We talked about Xavier Howard and Byron Jones playing together as well. Xavier Howard has 15 interceptions in his last 27 games, and he has a pick every 8.6 targets over that stretch. A true ball hawk and a true playmaker there for the Dolphins in the defensive backfield at cornerback. And stats and the numbers are fun, but the film 
is more fun. And we're going to go now into the Dolphins. All 22 notes here in the Week 5 win over San Francisco, 43-17. And we start on the offensive side of the football and with Chan Gailey. Just going to go down my notes here. I take these notes in order of the plays as I watch them in chronological order and then frame them together with each person I talked about. So Chan Gailey up first, the offensive play calling. We heard Brian Flores on his Monday press conference talk about Chan's brilliant offensive mind, how even though Coach Flores does have some input, he largely leaves the offense up to Chan, who has many, many years of experience, and he's showing it here in this season so far for the Miami Dolphins. Up first, the very first play of the game, you're going to get Chandler Cox motion from one side of the formation to the other, and that moves the safety from the hash mark nearest Preston Williams to the opposite hash mark, and all of a sudden, Preston has that one-on-one matchup and he won it rather significantly with a very nice catch there on the back end of that play. Later in the drive, Adam Shaheen scores a touchdown, does a nice little hop step into the defensive end to kind of show a fake little chip on him, and then leaks out into the flat, and that hop step forces the linebacker to take one step forward, and that was all he needed to get to the flat and give Ryan Fitzpatrick that window, who of course found him. What a drive that was to start the game off. We come back to the Gaskin touchdown run, and there was just so many good plays on this particular play. This is just a about execution here. You get Jesse Davis down blocking the tackle and wipes him out. Davenport off the edge. The heavy package drives a man into the end zone. Eric Flowers comes outside and flattens the furthest outside player, the force defender. Chandler Cox squares up his lead block in the main gap there. You have seven offensive line with a heavy package there. Two offensive linemen extra in that package with a tight end and Adam Shaheen and then Chandler Cox and Miles Gaskin. No receivers in that formation. We're just going to run the football and you're not going to do a damn thing about it on that play a tone-setting touchdown run there for the Dolphins. On the Jakeem Grant end-around play, the action on the fake handoff to Gaskin just didn't hold the backside. That was good discipline there by the 49er defense. Sometimes that just happens. And then the Preston Williams touchdown, you get Devontae Parker vertical on the other side of the field, and the Niners have those split safeties again, so you can tack that turkey hole off the side. You can go down the middle of the football field. You'll always hear Tony Romo talk about that in CBS against cover two, attack the middle of the field. Devontae gets deep and vertical, and that holds the safety just enough for Fitzpatrick to fit it in there between those two safeties while he gets crushed. An awesome play call against too high and an awesome execution there from the quarterback and the receivers on that play. Speaking of Fitzpatrick, on the first play of the game, an absolute dime. The ball just falls right there on the perimeter up those hash marks along the side right to where Preston Williams can get it and the cornerback cannot. Later on that first drive, I noted his throw to Isaiah Ford with Gasicki taking a double team right over the middle and then Ford breaks in behind him for a kind of two window tiered throw there and and Fitzpatrick does a really good job of anticipating that backside of that route opening up under the barrel gets popped and throws a strike to Isaiah Ford then there's a play where he's roughed by Fred Warner and it's unblocked right up the middle a free rusher up the middle and he still completes it on third and three to Jakeem Grant for six yards and a first down he's just he's playing really well and he sees it out there that well when he's seeing it that well and just lets it fly man he is tough to stop and we saw that with the near perfect passer rating in this game for Fitzpatrick and then the third and 22 play the touchdown to Devontae Parker just perfect location with the end line kind of threatening how deep and how much you can put air under that football he throws it on perfect trajectory perfect accuracy right for that back pylon my oh my he was red hot in this game we'll talk more about him 
on some of these plays to the other guys. And then with Miles Gaskin, you know, Brian Flores talked about his pass protection getting better this season and the deep shot to Preston that goes incomplete uh, in this game. The Niners are going to stack a pass rush there over Jesse Davis and Gaskin just kind of sinks in behind Jesse Davis. And then when Davis engages the first man up, the looper comes around and Gaskin works to find him. I thought that was really nicely done there in pass pro from the Dolphins running back. He picks up 15 yards on that third and 16 play right before the Clayton Fedulum fake punt. And it was really just a brilliant run. He presses the thing upfield like you would behind the offensive line. Only now you're in the secondary because you caught the little angle route behind the linebackers. He presses it up and then swings it outside and just beats the Niners defense at the corner and damn near gets the first down. Then on the 21-yard run he had, just one of the, honestly, one of the prettiest plays in Dolphins football I've ever seen. And it might sound like hyperbole, but when you get that many good executed blocks, it's hard to not get excited. You get Eric Flowers who works his man inside one gap and then seals it off. Solomon Kinley pulls over and takes out the edge and seals that thing off. And then Chandler Cox leads it right up there perfectly, squared up block on the safety trying to fill. And Miles Gaskin just follows it for 21 yards, the Dolphins' biggest running play of the season so far. Matt Breida, you really saw his speed on the screen pass that went for 31 yards. Jimmy Ward basically broke down and had him squared up, and he just scooted right by him with that speed. And there were some awesome downfield blocks by both Chandler Cox and Ted Karras on that play as well. He has a 12-yard run in the fourth quarter where he finds himself one-on-one in the gap with Fred Warner and just drops the shoulder and bounces off the tackle. That's one of the best linebackers in football. So Matt Breida, more than just a speed guy, lowering the shoulder there. And on that play, by the way, Solomon Kinley and Robert Hunt had another double team, a theme we'll talk about in this podcast. And Kinley carries that thing. He's kind of the off-arm guy that has the one arm latched, searching for extra work while Robert Hunt has him just locked up and driving him. Kinley uh, catches that block and climbs to the second level and wipes out a linebacker too. Those guys were fun to watch in this game. More on them in just one second. Preston Williams, the first play, the touchdown, the defensive pass interference, he just continuously got on top of guys vertically and caught the football when it was there and forced the flag on the other and the catch on the post route for the touchdown from Fitzpatrick too. That was a really nice looking catch going to the ground there for Preston Williams. Isaiah Ford, I thought his catch, we talked about the anticipation of Fitzpatrick throwing in behind the double team on Mike Gesicki. The catch that Ford made on that play was even more impressive than I thought it was on the broadcast because that ball's down around his shoe laces and he has to go dig it out. Fitzpatrick was affected a little bit on the throw, so it comes up just a little bit short. But when you have a guy like Isaiah Ford that can consistently catch those footballs, you're going to trust that guy on third down. Fitzpatrick did, Fitzpatrick does, and it moved the chains for the Miami Dolphins offense. Jakeem Grant caught one pass in the game, but I want to talk about one that he didn't quite get. It was the first play of the second drive, and he has the cornerback is off about five or six yards on him, and he drives that thing downfield and breaks it back down the stem with a solid three or four yards of separation. So even with that off coverage, he's forcing guys to think about that deep speed, get some separation there. They couldn't get the completion on the play, but I thought it was a good route there from Jakeem Grant. Devontae Parker, I almost forgot about that 28-yard play where he made a very signature Devontae Parker catch just because of how much happened in this game. So going back and watching it, what a play by Devontae Parker. Fitz always talks about giving his guys chances. He did it on the first play to Preston Williams, and this play is just man-to-man across the board. All the cornerbacks are up on the line. There's one safety in the middle of the field, and Parker just makes a play, and that's where Fitz was going the entire time. He's so deadly, Parker is. When he can get on top and stack the defensive back, and stacking means you just get behind the defensive back and try to line him up square with your back 
is between him and the end zone. And Devontae does that so well. And they either have to play through him or try to find a way to get a pass breakup. And both of those are pretty much losing propositions for the defender because Devontae is so good at coming back through the defender and making the catch and or drawing the DPI call there. Mike Gesicki, lots of notes on him here. I really have impressed, been impressed this season with his releases and how much fun they are to watch him get off the line. And something you can really tell that he's worked on from year one up through now. And the completion to Jakeem Grant with the, the roughing call from Fred Warner, he gets a chip and impacts the rush, then releases into the flat. Later, he catches a 12-yard pass where he comes across the formation in motion and continues at the snap to go to the flat. And then once the linebacker commits downhill to close down that flat route, Gasicki just cuts back across his face right into the seam and Fitzpatrick finds him with a perfectly thrown ball. His route running has just been a lot of fun to watch this year. And then right on QI right here, that he comes right back with a little stab to the inside to the post and then right back to the corner on the 70-yard play. And Fitzpatrick just puts that thing right on the money. And on that play, I tweeted about it on Monday night. Or, uh, the entire Dolphins sideline, the guys that are standing up, there's there's guys standing, the offensive players, defensive guys are sitting on the bench waiting for their turn to come back on the field. The guys that are standing all run down with him. The guys that are on the field all run down after him. And I see several arms go up into the air to celebrate the play. Everyone loves watching the, the, their teammates succeed on this team. And that kind of personality and that kind of engagement can be infectious. It's fun to watch as a fan for sure. And then there's more work here on a third down and three to start the second half where he releases, squares up the defensive back and breaks off the stem and Fitzpatrick finds him for the first down. And this is on Jaquiski Tart, not a linebacker, but a safety and a damn good one. And Gasicki just shows you the patience and the wiggle at the top of the stem there for a nice route and conversion on third and three. And moving inside to the offensive line, I had Ted Karras with relentless effort to get outside and move the gap on the six-yard Gaskin run before the touchdown, the play that sets up the touchdown there to Adam Shaheen. He just kept working and kept working to get himself outside of a reach block and get himself onto a, a latch himself onto the defender and really create space there for Miles Gaskin. Then the second play of the third quarter, he has to reach a three technique and does it beautifully, gets himself out there. He's so quick out of his stance, it allows him to execute those tough blocks where you have to really get to a spot before the defensive line can get off the snap. Solomon Kinley was just pushing guys in this game all game long. I highly recommend going and checking out Baldy's breakdowns on this offensive line performance. He talks about Solomon Kinley, Robert Hunt, and the rest of the guys. And his power and pad level combination is just flat out awesome. Guys can't, they just can't get him to give ground because he's so low to the ground and so stout. And then he's got the footwork as well to kind of work to get himself into better position to maintain that leverage. The first play of the third quarter, no exaggeration, drives this guy five yards off the football. Gaskin has a two-yard run later in that quarter and it's before the Preston Williams touchdown where he latches on his guy and drives him and by the end of the play they have flipped sides completely where it looks like Kinley's on defense and the 49ers defensive lineman is on offense because he just keeps working and keeps grinding to get the right position on his man. He and Eric Flowers had a massive double team to start the fourth quarter. My goodness I wrote down hip to hip shoulder to shoulder looked like they were on a blocking sled moving that guy. Eric Flowers, same as Solomon Kinley. The doubles with these guys are so impressive. The push they get in the running game. And Flowers just looks so imposing out there. He gets those massive mitts on you and can almost just move guys with his arms because he's so strong in the upper body and just has that length. Robert Hunt, his first start of his career, and you wouldn't know it from the first series because the very first rep of the game on that deep shot to Preston Williams, he puts Eric Armstead on the ground. That's 
a, a Pro Bowl level defensive lineman. Baldy talks about it in that breakdown, calls it a two point takedown. Two plays later, he gets into a pass set again against Eric Armstead and draws out his punch by kind of throwing a dummy punch of his own, but keeps working to get into his pass set. And then once Armstead's arm comes in, he slaps that thing down and wins the rep right away. Just really impressive work. On the fourth drive of the game, I spotted at least the second slide where Robert Hunt was on an island by himself and he holds up and Fitzpatrick takes off for a 17 yard run. So what a debut from the rookie right tackle. Jesse Davis on Gaskin's uh, screen on the second touchdown drive, the first and goal from the seven, he gets downfield on that play and he races Dre Greenlaw, the San Francisco linebacker, another really good player there. All the Dolphins offensive linemen had plays in this game. It was fun to watch on tape. And the final note, I guess we'll call it offensively, even though it was special teams, was on the Fedulum fake. He did such a good job to pick his hole and get in there because he was contacted behind the line of scrimmage, but the hit, because he was able to kind of shift there at the last moment, propelled him forward just enough for a first down to move the chain. So great job there by Clayton Fedulum as a safety playing running back on punt team. On to the defensive side of the football for this Dolphins 43-17 win over the San Francisco 49ers. And it's a good time to remind you that this edition of the Drive Time Podcast is brought to you by AutoNation, where Dolphins fans drive pink and helped raise over $25 million for cancer treatment and research. And we start on the defensive side like we did on offense, talking about some of the calls and the game plan here for Josh Boyer and this Dolphins defense. And we saw plenty of looks in this game. Talked about it on the podcast on Sunday night slash Monday morning. But go ahead and confirm that here on the film study portion of the Tuesday podcast. Plenty of bear looks where you're going to go head up over the center and both guards. And then a couple of stacked linebackers behind that. And stacked means you're going to line up directly behind. One of those defensive linemen helps keep those guys clean. Saw plenty of that throughout the course of the game. On the second play of the game, you get that look. Both Kyle Van Noy and Andrew Van Ginkle off either edge. And my goodness, Van Ginkle made a heck of a play on that one. We'll go ahead and talk plenty more about him here in just one second. Then the very next play, you get two down linemen, four linebackers, and your five defensive backs with Ogba and Sealer, the down linemen. And then Gruje Hill and Baker in the A-gaps with Van Ginkle and Van Noy off either edge. Just so much variety in this game. You really saw the Dolphins' versatility and depth in this game. We heard John Kinjemi on the Recap Podcast talk about that versatility and athletic ability on the defensive side of the football. He definitely was right about that with this All-22 review. Those guys were getting after it all game long. The very next drive, you get that bare front again with Robert stacked behind Sealer and Baker behind Wilkins, and they cross-dog it where one linebacker cuts in in front of the other one, and the second linebacker cuts around the other side and loops off that rush as well and they, that cross dog action gets a little bit of confusion from the Niners in the blocking scheme and Roberts comes clean without anybody picking him up I just love the rush plan by condensing everything inside and blitzing those stacked linebackers because you knew the quarterback was coming off the injury report with an ankle so heat him up inside and force him to take the decision to move outside and flee the pocket sideways for a quarterback that coming into the game was on the report with the ankle injury there. So just a good game plan, I thought, from the Dolphins and Josh Boyer and Brian Flores. On the route, on the Elandon Roberts sack late in the first quarter, just an awesome scheme, pressure, and sack on that play. Dolphins bring seven to the party. Both Van Noy and Wilkins kind of fan out to widen the offensive line to create those rush lanes inside for Roberts and for Baker. And Van Noy attacks the running back, and Baker attacks the tight end to kind of 
force Garoppolo to come off those checkdowns because they're kind of getting engaged early and you plan on getting pressure quickly. So go ahead and take away those quick checkdowns. And then Roberts just runs through a blocker and gets the sack. The coverage on the back end was absolutely stellar. Xavier Howard ran his man right into help where Bobby McCain capped it off and Jones was in tight coverage on his lonesome as well. Total team win on that Roberts sack. I just love how they called this game that way for 60 minutes with aggressive mindset. Go attack, go get the football. The Niners second to last drive in that fourth quarter. It's fourth and two, and they line up with six guys on the line. They bluff two who pull out of the blitz package and into the hook zone, and they bring four rushers after the quarterback. And once again, Jerome Baker, another linebacker, runs free on the quarterback to cause an, an errant throw there and incompletion. Eric Rowe individually, oh man, what more can you say about this guy? The first third down stop of the game, he turns... George Kittle free kind of passes him off to Jerome Baker who picks it up then he closes down on an out route from Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield and he's in perfect position in fact if that throws a little more inside he might have had his second pick six in his last six games and we always look for tackles behind the line or for short gains right the big plays that impact the the chains and the down and distance but sometimes it's a seven yard gain that's impressive because what it could have been and there was a play where he got Raheem Mostert down in the wide open field on the 49er second drive for just a seven yard gain. So some of those safety tackles sometimes, even though they're big gains and you don't think about it during the game, they are really important to kind of that last line defense to get that guy down in the open field. And he's he's doing it in coverage too. He picks up a backside crosser with Kendrick Bourne, who's matched up underneath on Nick Needham. And you can kind of see Rowe honoring the, fi- the fact that Bourne could go to the post. He could cross face and get that over route. And Bourne does cross face and he closes down on the route horizontally and closes and smacks him for a pass breakup. Just what a stud is what I wrote on the notes right here. Then the very next drive, he's 15 yards off the ball and they turn Kittle to him with kind of a two-way go action and he makes the right decision, closes down on it again and gets another pass breakup. I mean, just an incredible production and performance from Eric Rowe so far. Byron Jones, Cameron Wake once talked about plays that get made before the big play, right? In the Miami Miracle game in 2018, he talked about that with a sack on the play before or a, a, some, a couple of tackles short on the Patriots' previous drive that allowed them to get the field goal team out there to, kept, to keep Miami within a one-score game. Well, Byron Jones made an open-field tackle right before the sticks on the play before we got that fourth and one stop on defense. And on that play, also, Christian Wilkins was retracing the play with exceptional effort. I always get that out of 94. You'd love to see it from your first round draft pick a couple years ago. Later for Byron Jones, a two-hand jam delays an outside release, and it makes the takeoff route for the receiver take far too long. It has to be an instant win on that route. Otherwise, you're not going to get the quarterback to look that way. And you're just not going to take that shot with a sub 4-4 corner running in perfect phase with the receiver. They do test him later on on a deep shot to Brandon Ayuk, and they stack the receivers this time, and really good communication by Jones and Nick Needham. Needham takes the point and presses that guy, and Jones just sits back and mirrors and once again runs the route right in the hip pocket of the receiver. Xavier Howard, now he gets called on for his turn to take a man without help. There was kind of that back and forth in this game. McCain did a great job capping everything with his help coverage back there, and you see Jones on this particular play run his man right into McCain into the help, and Xavier Howard runs all the way across the field with Debo Samuel for a pass breakup on an over route. Really good coverage there. And then the third and 14 after Van Ginkle's strip sack. 
It's another over route, and X runs right with it, right in the hip pocket, right in the back pocket there, and Jones is right in phase on the takeoff route. These two guys just played really well together, knew their role, knew their coverages, and just shut the Niners passing game down throughout the course of the game. Talked about Bobby McCain. The first note I had was an open field tackle on a first down run on the Niners touchdown drive. The first one of the game had plenty of open space to operate in, and he got the running the running back down on that play. Then later in the game, a deep shot to Brandon Ayuk with George Kittle trying to cross face. And that's one of those things you want to put the safety in conflict by having two routes kind of go towards him and see if he takes the cheese on one, then you throw the ball to the other guy. But Bobby keeps his depth and drives on the shot to Ayuk and gets over the top before the ball does really good coverage from Bobby and then does something similar a couple plays later to stay in position to drive both on a deep post and a crossing route and the relationship and communication between he, Xavier Howard, and Byron Jones. Just really good on that play really good throughout the course of the game. Talked a little bit about Christian Wilkins on a retrace and the effort, which again is always consistent and relentless with that guy. But on the fourth down stop, he does so well to get into his gap and then toss his man aside to get himself in position to stack that thing up and get that fourth down stop. He also had another hustle play in the third quarter on a run to the outside where the edge guys are out there to set it to force him back inside and Wilkins is pursuing his ass off to get the tackle out there and he makes it happen. Nick Needham here in the notes, a third and seven PBU late in the, in the first quarter on Kendrick Bourne does a really good job on a pivot route by Bourne of staying in there and not getting the hands on the receiver because that's a tough route to cover could go either direction doesn't turn him doesn't get grabby and forces an incompletion and a, and a punt for the 49ers Emmanuel Ogba back down to the defensive line on the fourth down play he completely resets the line of scrimmage and forces the running back to change direction if you have to change direction on that fourth down with all those guys in the box bad things are probably going to happen and that was plenty enough for Roberts and Godshout to come in and clean that thing up. He also got himself a pass breakup in the second quarter, rushing from a three technique position just off the outside shoulder of the guard. And he just pushes that guard right back into the backfield and gets those big mitts up for the PBU. And then he puts a bow on the game with a swipe to get the forced fumble. He rushed inside from that three tech spot a lot in this game, but he finishes off outside off the edge with a really nice rush and sack and strip the length on display there as well. Raekwon Davis thought he had got got a great look at his length on a first and 10 run late in the first quarter where the center tries to reach him. He stabs it and stacks it up and then does the arm over to win back inside. And that was where the running back was aiming off the mesh point and it forces a play for Devon Godshaw who comes off of his block and makes the tackle. We talked about Andrew Van Ginkle. We've got several notes here for him on the early play in the game. Kittle fakes a chip on him. He swats the hand away and then goes to work on the pulling guard from the backside and just wins that, beats that block and wins around the outside. And man, that's the play strength these guys talked about. Anthony Campanelli, Austin Clark, Marion Hobby, Brian Flores, Josh Boyer all talked about him in the weight room getting strength added to his game this offseason. And we really saw that in effect in this game. He had himself a hell of a football game. Later on, he matches up on George Kittle middle of the second quarter. And Van Ginkle straight up stacks him, sheds him, and throws him off to the side and makes a tackle for a four-yard gain. You just don't draw a tougher tight end blocking assignment than George Kittle, and he goes out there one-on-one and gets the job done. Very next play, gets another tight end. It's not George Kittle this time, but he wins with a pass rush. A gorgeous play, immediately gets on the upfield shoulder, and you can see the acceleration when he sees the back of a quarterback and knows it's coming. He accelerates and gets the big hit for the forced fumble. And then on a retrace play that I tweeted during the game where he, Christian Wilkins, and Zach Sealer all retrace the play and come back, the entire defensive line peels back, and Van Ginkle gets out there and outflanks the running back and gets it drawn out, strung out, and takes it all the way to the sideline for a no gain. What a game he had on Sunday. 
Other linebacker play, Landon Roberts, I thought had his best game as a Miami Dolphin. There was a play early on that where he impacted a throw from Jimmy Garoppolo, where he scraped right off the pick from Zach Sealer for a free run on Garoppolo. Good job condensing that angle and taking a short route to the quarterback. And he was so aggressive and in control in this game. He did really well to seek out contact and just go approach it and get it and clog things up consistently throughout. I thought Zach Sealer played well. He played so freaking hard. The pursuit on that sack to get Garoppolo to the ground, I thought was impressive for Zach Sealer. He led the Dolphins in snaps in this game, as we talked about in the first segment, or defensive lineman in snaps, I should say, in this game. Jerome Baker on the Bobby McCain pick, he just runs step for step with Jarek McKinnon down the field and is in perfect position if he has to get his head around for that ball, but luckily McCain was there for the pick. Huge defeated block when stacking and working back underneath for a stop in the second half of this game. I think it was late third quarter where he stacks it up and works back underneath for a tackle. Good job to get off a block there. And then awesome closing speed on his sack. On the play, Dolphins go with eight down, or not eight down, but eight players on the line of scrimmage. Four linebackers, Wilkins and Ogba, the down lineman. Both Rowe and McCain up in there as well, but they only bring four and it allows Jerome Baker to come clean as they slide to pick up Christian Wilkins who falls back into coverage and they schemed up that sack using your linebackers great burst just an awesome call and execution there from the Dolphins defense and then Kyle Van Noy on the third and one play he makes a TFL where he just arm overs Trent Williams and throws him to the ground and meets the ball carrier in the backfield for the TFL also thought he created a couple opportunities for pass rushers where he's kind of the guy that goes in there and gets that contact and sets that pick so guys can loop and scrape off of him and does so much to confuse the rush or the the blitz pickup the pass protection on these rush schemes with all those backers walked up into different gaps you never know who's coming who's peeling back and Van Noy's very aggressive and assertive and getting that contact and forcing those linemen to really kind of shoot their hands and allow linebackers to run around them when they scrape off the other part of the play so really good work from all these guys I just thought it was such an impressive game plan impressive execution and that's what happens that's how you get 43-17 three phases winning football we saw it on Sunday for your Miami Dolphins Let's go ahead and spin things forward now to the coordinators and defensive assistants for your Miami Dolphins. They spoke to the media on Tuesday. First, we start with Chan Gailey, who talked about the things that Ryan Fitzpatrick does that makes him able to perform on Sunday and put up such gaudy stats like we've seen in several games this year so far. He does things with um, with this offense that we have um, that uh, are truly amazing to me. He really does. He sees things... He know he will call a route and he'll change one guy, uh, and because he sees something and he'll change one little route, one little wrinkle to it, and and be able to take advantage of the defense. Um, he saw the the other day he saw the defensive end stance, so he knew the coverage, so he changed one route, and we get a touchdown. It's little things like that that uh, he's just amazing with. Uh, he he knows what the defense is doing and and how to beat them. And that he's a special guy, very special guy in that respect. And how about one of Fitzpatrick's top targets on Sunday, 106 yards, a career high for Preston Williams. Here's Coach Gailey on Preston getting things going in the win over San Francisco. You know, it, it was just a matter of time, in my opinion. Uh, he, um, he, he's been practicing well. He's been working on his, on his routes. He's been doing some good things. It just, uh, when you got several good players everybody doesn't get the ball this is one of those times where he got the ball and he took advantage of it and made plays um and to me that does nothing but help our football team now they got to worry about him they got to worry about 
DP on the other side, Jakeem, they got Mike. They, they've got a lot of things to think about. And um, I was glad we were able to get him more involved. Um, and now it just creates more um, open opportunities for everybody now that now that he's um, back on track. I hate to use that term because he wasn't off track. It, it just hadn't happened for him yet. Let's go ahead and talk to Dolphins special teams coordinator Danny Crossman, who first was asked about a football outsiders ranking that has the Dolphins special teams unit number two in the entire National Football League. He was asked, are you happy with the performance and what's led to the number two ranking in that particular category, in that particular metric for the Dolphins special teams unit? I, I don't know if I'm ever happy, uh, but uh, I, I think the, the biggest thing is I think our group is getting better every week. Um, and I think we're getting better you know, in each phase, even though some of the plays that you'd like to have aren't necessarily showing up. Uh, but I think we're doing a better job blocking in the return game, even though we're not getting a lot of opportunities. I think our landmarks, even though we're not getting opportunities, I think we're getting better on, better on understanding that. Uh, but like we always say, you know, if, if you're to be good in the, in the kicking game, your specialists have to perform well. Uh, and I think when you, when you look at the punter and the kicker or the snapper, Again, we haven't gotten a lot of opportunities in the true return game with the with those specialists. But if your specialists are performing well, you have a chance of being pretty good. And I think our specialists are performing at a high level right now. Hey, Coach, uh, I wanted to go back to something that Coach Flores talked about with Jason Sanders, called him one of the most diligent workers of his craft he's ever been around. I just wanted to maybe get a follow-up from you as a person that's been around him every single day that's really helped lead him to now a franchise record for consecutive makes to start the season. He's got 14 in a row. What have you seen from Jason Sanders? Well, and again, and I think Flo is exactly right. I, I, I think you know what, what people don't realize is you know the, the time that, that Jason spends – along with Matt and Blake, all, but the time he spends before we even ever get onto the field, both, you know, from a mental and a physical standpoint and, and making sure when we go onto the field that, you know, he's ready to perform at a high level and he performs and, and executes in practice. Uh, you know, we call them mini games. So, you know, every time your, your opportunities come up, whether it be at, uh, you know, in practice and or game as a specialist, there's not a lot of outside influences um, as there are with some other positions. So if you can get that mindset and that, that framework, both physically and mentally on the practice field, you feel good about having good carryover into the game. And there is your Dolphins special teams coordinator. Let's go ahead and move on to the defensive side of the ball. What a game this Dolphins defense had. Here's Josh Boyer. And my question for coach regarding Dolphins safety, Eric Rowe. Hey, Coach, wanted to ask you about Eric Rowe, a guy you've been around since 2016 when he got to New England, and you really saw him fight through you know, injuries in those early days. I just was curious, what does it mean to you to see him really thriving here, and can you turn that into something of a coaching point with how maybe the rest of the guys deal with and overcome adversity? Well, you know, I, I think the good thing is for Eric that, you know, he, he's a mentally tough kid. He's a hard worker. Um, he's constantly striving to improve, which is what we ask him to do. Uh, and I think he's seeing, uh, you know, some results of that. Um, you know, like everybody, there's, there's things that he's got that he can continue to work on. Um, as far as, you know, using as an example and stuff, I think each individual's case is a case by case, uh, study, if you will. Um, you know, I, I think things, you know, sometimes things can start off good for a guy, then they have to deal with a little bit of adversity. 
and then they can come back. Sometimes guys, you know, just need a chance. And then there's other times that, you know, it doesn't start off so good and guys, you know, work their way to that. I think it's different uh, individual to individual, but again, you know, Eric is a hard worker. Um, he's, he's been able to, you know, handle the ups and downs. He's a, he's a good professional and he puts in a good day's work and, you know, we're going to continue to ask him to do that. And we talked about in the All-22 review how many times the Dolphins had different guys walked up on the line and would send certain rushers, would pull certain guys back. Just a lot of confusion. Brian Baldinger talked about in his breakdown of the game on Baldy's breakdowns. Here's Josh Boyer talking about the structure of the defense and how that works, but how sometimes it's up to the players to make their side adjustments and to play fast within the structure based upon the things they're seeing on the field on game day. Well, I mean, ultimately, like, again, I mean, there's no coaches out there in between the white lines on Sunday. So, I mean, it's it's the players making decisions. Um, uh, you try to build it in um, so that those guys have flexibility uh, within calls uh, to change things, to see things, um, so they can go out there and play fast at a high level. Um, so, um, you know, there, there's a structure scheme uh, that we put out there. Uh, and then, you know, within certain things or certain things that they see, uh, you know, guys can have the ability to adapt um, based on certain parameters, which, you know, I, I think uh, our communications and proven as a group, um, we still got a long way to go. We're, we're working hard at that. We're working hard on that in the meetings and at practice. And, that you know, hopefully it carries over to Sunday. And it's, you know, it, it's a hard thing to get, you know, 11 guys all on the same page. And, and that's what we're working to do. Um, and then you can have a variety of different guys out there from time to time. Uh, so really, again, it's a credit to the players putting in the time, the effort, and the energy uh, to get it right. And another thing we talked about in the All-22 was that fourth and one stop. Here's Coach Marion Hobby, Dolphins defensive line coach, on how that can help swing the momentum of a game and how Christian Wilkins and Emmanuel Ogba getting that knockback was so crucial on that particular play. Man, it, it was a really big play, fourth and one. I think it had already crossed pretty much midfield. It's a big turning point in the game, man. It was pretty good knockback that, that you can see both of those guys really came off the ball, knocked him in the backfield, and, and made a hell, heck of a play. Next, Coach was asked about working with Dolphins defensive tackle, Devon Godshaw. I tell you what, working with him is, is a treat, man. You know, I think every coach wants to um, work with, with someone who really loves to play football, you know, he's uh, very conscientious about uh, practice. He's very conscientious about his play. And uh, one thing, his man, he's a great leader. You know, his leadership in the room is, is second to none. And, um, you know, always count on him um, as a leader. Always so count him in first. Um, it's, it's big time. He, he, he's really progressed, and I really enjoy coaching him. And another guy that really popped on the tape on Sunday was Andrew Van Ginkle. Here's Dolphins linebackers coach Anthony Campanelli on what Andrew Van Ginkle did this offseason and the work he's put in to get himself in position to make plays on Sundays. I just, you know, I, I had said something in regard uh, to Van Ginkle maybe two weeks ago. Um, he's a tireless worker. So I think a lot of times uh, at this level, people think in professional football, hey, the guy has, you know, you're obviously an elite player to get to this level. Um, but I, I don't think if people, I, I don't think sometimes people uh, understand that at this level, guys still improve. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, the best players in football, they improve every day. And he's done that in a myriad of different ways. So I think he's done a really good job uh, improving his game in the run game. 
uh, and as a pass rusher. And, and he's another guy who has a very multiple skill set and uh, allows us to do a bunch of different things when he's in the game. And Dolphins linebackers were responsible for several sacks in that game. Van Ginkle, Baker, Roberts all got themselves a sack in the game. So did Kamu Gruje Hill, but that came off the board because of a penalty in the defensive backfield. Here's Coach Austin Clark, outside linebackers coach, on how the Dolphins are getting more sacks in their pass rush the last couple of weeks. Uh, first, I would say it's early, man. So all those numbers, all that stuff, we're, you know, we're focused on the Jets. But, um, you know, I think the players' preparation, effort, focus, and execution on what the plan is each week is the biggest thing. You know, I think um, – all the guys, it's kind of been a group effort and a group contribution from all the players. It's not just one single guy rushing the passer, you know. Um, they're all winning their matchups. They're all executing the scheme properly, and they're all bought in, and uh, that's something we're really excited about. And we'll finish up on the back end here with Dolphins defensive backs coach Gerald Alexander. He was first asked about Xavier Howard and his playmaking skill set. Well, the first thing, you know, to kind of get it as elementary as I can put it, he does his job. Um, you know, he's aligned in the right places. You know, he does what's necessary for the play call. The communication to him allows him to understand what his responsibility is, whether it be man or zone. And then, you know, especially when we're in zone defense, which was the, the call when he got his interception the other day, you know, a lot of it really came from the defensive line, you know, and their ability to affect the quarterback and, and force a high throw. And that's why, you know, rush and coverage really go together. But more specifically to X, I mean, he's a guy that has, you know, good ball skills when the ball's in the air. I mean, there's a lot of guys, a lot of corners. Um, I mean, I can look at my playing career. There's so many layups that I've dropped that were right in my hands. And so a guy like him who has the ball skills to really um, defend in the zone defense and catch those balls or even in the man-to-man kind of defending a nine route and going up there and catching the ball at his highest point. I mean, he does a really good job just attacking the football once he's in phase. From one player with a great game on Sunday to another in Dolphins safety, Eric Rowe, I asked GA what he's seen from last year when he was a coaching intern here in camp to this year as the defensive back room, the coach of the defensive back room, what he's seen from Eric Rowe and that growth going from corner to safety and getting production on the field. Here's GA. With just the feel of the position, I think safety is such a different position than corner one from obviously a communication standpoint which he's gotten a hell of a lot better you know Eric naturally is a quiet guy and when he's on the field he has to be very verbal and be, be loud and be confident to give the communication to everybody so you you get a you get some some feel of he's starting to get better uh in, in that role as a communicator and also in the run game you know where he's got to have recognition of you know, crack splits if he's a down safety and, and, and being able to fit in on the run game and seeing pulling guards. And so, you know, the, when you're coming from the corner position, you don't necessarily you're not exposed to that. And so it's just different nuances within the safety position where different keys and different movement and things like that. Um, he's now continuing to expose himself on a week to week through practice. Uh, he's gotten a hell of a lot better since I was a you know, little intern here just trying to get information. 
And there you have it, a very lengthy Tuesday edition here of the Drive Time Podcast. But hey, that's what you get when you get a blowout win. Plenty of information nuggets we want to talk about here with the All-22, the stat updates, and of course the coaches telling us what they thought about the game on Sunday and then going forward next week to the Jets, which we will pivot full stop here to the Jets on tomorrow's podcast. We'll hear from Coach and some players and get back into the Wednesday feature with Eric Rowe, Dolphin Safety, on this podcast. So plenty to come here on the Drive Time Podcast. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe rate and review the show give me a follow on twitter at wingfield nfl follow the dolphins check out the fish tank podcast with bart scott can't wait for that one the audible podcast i believe they had bobby mccain on this week and of course miamidolphins.com for all the latest on your miami dolphins until next time fins up